Hello, and welcome back to our Wednesday Word Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the idea of God fighting for his people. And not even the idea, but just like the reality of how God has fought for his people since the beginning of time, but more specifically, the Israelites. Um, So I'm just going to dive right in because I have quite a bit of scripture that I'm planning on reading. I'm going to be kind of jumping all over the place, but this kind of started... Um, really, I would say yesterday, I was just like listening to worship music and started thinking about the story of like Jericho and the Israelites, you know, conquering Jericho, which was the first city that God instructed them to conquer once they passed over into the promised land. And so I started reading Joshua and I'm just like mind blown, literally by these stories. Um, I have read them before, but I'm going to be very honest with you. The last time I really studied the Old Testament was probably in like middle school. Um, And yeah, I actually like, you know, I don't think (laughs) probably no one who went to my Christian elementary, middle school, high school is listening to this. But if you are, you would know who Miss Billiter is. And she was like literally this the most famous bible teacher in our seventh grade class and i will never forget learning about just so many foundational concepts and stories and just like she just built foundational knowledge of the old testament for me and i know that's like super probably kind of random that i'm talking about this teacher but she was just amazing and i when i think about my my first real knowledge and understanding of the Old Testament, I think about her. So if you're a teacher out there, I know last week was Teacher Appreciation Week. You are changing lives, and I still think about her. And gosh, that was probably 20, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so where I want to kind of start reading is starting in Exodus 14. And then I'm going to kind of jump around through Deuteronomy and Joshua. So this first kind of idea of like God fighting for his people, it's not the first idea, but I think like the most famous verse um, we hear is, do not be afraid, just, you know, the Lord will fight for you, stay calm. And so just to want to provide some more context, this is Exodus 14, 13 through 14. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. And the context there is the Egyptians are literally chasing them and they have just come to the Red Sea and they're like, oh, we're doomed. Like we we have nowhere else to go except into the ocean. And what does God do? He He tells Moses to raise his staff and he literally parts the Red Sea for these people to walk across on dry land. Um. And so that's that's the first real, I would say, the most famous mention of God saying, like, I will fight for you, to my knowledge. Now, let's be real. I don't have perfect knowledge of the Bible, um, but I would say that is probably the most famous first mention of it. From there, we know that God has promised the Israelites, like, that he's going to give them a land that is flowing with milk and honey, and that is the promised land. And so he's taking them out of Egypt and they were slaves in Egypt for, I feel I, I think it was hundreds of years. I don't know that for sure. But um, basically, this is just like a love story of God pursuing his people and fighting for them and rescuing them and bringing them into this promised land that he has told them about. Um, generations and generations of Israelites heard about this promised land, and a lot of them didn't get to experience it. 
So from there, he, you know, takes the, he rescues them from the Egyptians. And then they wander the desert for 40 years. And I'm sure in that time, I, I know, I'm not, like, we see that they question God. And they're like, what? What are you doing, God? Like, you you took us out of here. We miss Egypt. Like, send us back to Egypt. Um, and they really just start questioning God and questioning, like, is he who he says he is? Is he going to actually fulfill our promise to us? And they start building idols. They make a golden calf. Like, we read about that and start worshiping it. And it's just such a good depiction of who we are as sinful people when God puts us through periods of waiting and testing. So there, as I mentioned earlier, there are literally generations of Israelites who heard of this promised land and who were never able to experience it. Moses is actually one of them. Um, Moses hands off the reins to Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And that is a result of his own sin that God doesn't allow him to actually step into the promised land. So we're in Deuteronomy now, and I'm reading from Deuteronomy one twenty nine. And what I'm basically doing here is I'm just going to be reading a couple of verses where like God is saying he's going to fight for his people. So Deuteronomy one twenty nine. But I said to them, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. And so this is once again, like the, basically they just had people go from their tribe to explore the promised land. And they're like, they report back and they say, the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. And their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there. And so what happens is they go and they see this beautiful land that God has promised for them. And they come back in fear and they're like, oh, no, 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 we can't defeat them. They're huge. They're going to kill us. And God says, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you. Then once again, verse 142. But the Lord told me to tell you, do not attack, for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you'll be crushed by your enemies. So this is basically saying like, you know, they're wanting to prematurely attack this town. And God's like, not yet. I'm not with you. If I'm not with you, there is no chance of you winning. There is no chance of victory. Um. Then you keep going, verse 2, I mean, ver- chapter 2, verse 7. For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has watched your every step through the great wilderness. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. This is also, like, such a good lesson as well, because God's talking about how he's bringing them into a land flowing with milk and honey. But for the last 40 years, they've been in the desert. He literally has rained down bread from the sky called manna. Like, he allowed his people to survive by raining down food for them, which is just like fascinating. Going on to Deuteronomy 3, 22. I guess we'll start with 21. It said, at this time, I gave Joshua this charge. You have seen for yourself everything the Lord your God has done to these two kings. He will do the same to all the kingdoms on the west side of the Jordan. Do not be afraid of the nations there for the Lord your God will fight for you. Once again, talking about like God is fighting for you. Oh, let's see here. This is chapter four, verse 31. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. Just continually reminding these people that he is not forgotten. He's going to fulfill his promises and there is nothing that can stop him. Um, all right, so I'm going to kind of continue moving on. This is just like they're still in the desert. 
um, here in Deuteronomy. And, you know, Moses eventually passes on the reins to Joshua, like I said. And so this is Joshua chapter one. And I know I'm kind of like jumping around a lot here. And the reality is I could spend weeks on talking through this. And honestly, one day I might. But this whole concept of God fighting for his people it starts and it never really ends, right? I think that when we think about the concept, we think about the actual battle with the people where he goes ahead and fights for them. But God was fighting for his people in Egypt when they were in slavery. He was fighting for his people in the desert. And so whatever battle or season you're in right now, God is fighting for you even when it feels like he's not. And wow, what a word for myself as well. Um, There are so many good things happening in my life. But if you know me, I am just like such a perfectionist. And I would say one of my <laughs> double-edged strengths and weaknesses is that when I walk into a room, I see everything that is wrong with that room. Now, if I'm walking into your house, I'm, I'm not. If I walk into my house, I do. But if I'm intentionally walking into a room or a situation to fix something, I do not see what is right first. I see what is wrong And because of that, that robs me of a lot of joy that I could be experiencing and a lot of joy in like seeing the good in, in this room or in this situation. So that is something I am working on and have been learning and have known about myself for a while, but really I wouldn't say have intentionally been working on. And that kind of relates back to like the desert that God was raining down food from heaven for his people. And they're asking him, where are you? like he's right here he just rained down some bread for you right um so anyways just a little side note for y'all all All right so joshua 1 5 it says no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live for i will be with you as i was with moses i will not fail you or abandon you this is him talking to joshua be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land i swore to their ancestors i would give them Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just in that those verses that I read, he said, be strong and courageous three times. And that is, I think, significant. If you're saying that in such a short amount of scripture, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. What does that mean? What does that look like for you in the season that you're going through? What are you feel fearful, fearful of? And how can you be strong and courageous and trust that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go? All right, so um, then we kind of go into the Israelites crossing the Jordan. So as I mentioned, this is like they are about to cross into the promised land. Once they cross the Jordan, they are in the promised land. From there, the true battles begin to overtake their enemies and claim the land that God has already claimed for them. So they're about to cross into the Jordan and Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you, which I love that. Um, and that's when basically they, they cross over. Fun fact here, if you didn't already know this, when they crossed the Jordan River, God dried up the Jordan River just as he dried up the Red Sea for them to walk across. He didn't dry up the entire river, but he dried up the, 
think about just like the path through the river for them to walk through. And it said, after they've already walked through, it said, Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Really cool. Um, and also super cool that that is what happens at the Red Sea as well. So they go, um, they defeat Jericho. Lots of really, honestly, just like mind-blowing things about that as well. But as they continue to go and defeat these nations, um, you'll see that God continues to be with them. And I'm, I'm moving quickly on to Joshua 10. And it says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel has defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Once again, the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then I'm going to go into verse 42 of chapter 10. Joshua conquered all these kings and their land in a single campaign. For the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. And that's the last scripture I'm going to read. I just covered... Not in depth, but just like major cliff notes. I just covered a book and 10 chapters of, of scripture here. Really more than that. But that is a completely cliff note version um, that I left out a ton of context. But the reason that I went over all of that scripture is because God was fighting for his people from the beginning. When they entered the promised land, that's not when God had victory. He had victory before they ever entered the promised land. And the big idea here is that whenever we see victory, whenever we see wonders in our life, whenever we see blessings, whenever God gives us something that you feel like he has promised you, you already have victory over that before it even happens because God has promised you. And when God promises you something, He stays true to his word. God literally destroyed nations for the people of Israel because those were his chosen people that he wanted to have the promised land. This is a land where nothing is lacking. I want you to imagine your life, and I oftentimes think about this, but imagine your life where nothing is lacking. You literally have everything you could possibly want. And... That is what he had for his people. And he did not stop until he gave them that promised land that he had promised for generations among generations among generations. We see, though, that even when they're in the promised land, they they are quick to forget God. And that is such a good depiction of us. We think, oh, we're good. Like, we know what we're doing. Let's go ahead and, and attack these people or let's do this. And we fall quickly into sin. And if we do something and attack or or take a step and we don't consult with God or we don't allow God to go before us, then victory is not ours. Victory is only ours when God tells us, I'm with you. Move. I'm, I'm going ahead of you. Victory is only ours when God goes ahead of us. 
And that is really the big message. God is fighting for you. Whether you are in a great season or a tough season, God is fighting for you. And I'm feeling really awesome today. But yesterday I was like, God, I just want to fall into your arms today because I'm tired. And some days you're going to want to fall into his arms because you're so tired. And other days you're going to want to jump into his arms because you're so joyful and excited about what he's doing in your life. And no matter what day today is for you and where your emotions are, I pray that you know and that you remember that God is fighting for you. He always has. He always will. And victory is yours alone because of him.